Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Blue Oval Podcast. I am Ben Weissel, and joining me, as always, Garrett Sadlin. How's it going, man? Ben, uh, I am so tired. Um, I have been grinding for so long over these past, uh, what, week or two for the regional meets, for the D2 and D3 national meets. But shout out to our team, who has been awesome. And more importantly, shout out to our readers, who have been awesome as well. I mean, like, I mean, you really look at some of our numbers and some of the uh, things on the site, we're killing it. And I think people are really getting behind the content and getting excited about what's going on. And, and, uh, and for good reason, I like to think that our team is putting out really, really, really good content. I was really proud of them um, in terms of how some of that stuff came out for the previews. And, um, and now with the regional meets now done, um, there's a lot of great content on the site and then post D2 and D3 national content still on the site. So that's my monologue for today. Just want to shout out to them and, and give them some props. Yeah, it's really impressive what the D2 and D3 teams do. I mean, there are very, like, very few people covering a lot of action week in, week out, and always really good insights on everything. Um, and that's two NCAA championships down. We got one left before we hit maybe our favorite time of the year, the lead-in, the long lead-in to NCAA cross-country season, which is both of our favorites. Um, but first, we got to talk about regionals, and then we got to start getting ready for uh, NCAAs on the D1 side. Uh, but first, we got to plug the Apple ratings and the Spotify ratings. We increased both of them by one. We did get a review um, saying, always look forward to each week when this is released. Great insight, knowledge, and banter about the distance slash mid-distance world of NCAA track and field. Keep up the great work, fellas. So, hey, take it take it from, from this guy who uh, I think we've shouted him out before. Should, should we shout him by, oh, by name again? Sure, why not? Shout out to Coach Solinsky. Um, not only was he a great runner back in the day, but like I've mentioned on the, the podcast very recently, I, I think he's got a Florida team that could maybe be very special. Like, they get enough right pieces. I, I think that can be a special team. And that's not me. I think this is me just kind of building uh, good karma ever since saying that like a few <laughs> weeks ago. So, um, but yeah, shout out to him and shout out to everyone who has. If you haven't already, leave a five-star rating and review on Apple as well as Spotify. I know you don't think it makes a difference. It really does. Um, but Ben, we'll hold off on that for now. Let's talk about regionals. So we're going to go through each event um, that was run throughout the week, starting with the 800. Um, and we're going to kind of hit maybe the people that missed out on qualifying, uh, maybe talk about some people that surprised us and did qualify. Um, we're not going to go too in-depth into an NCAA preview on this episode. We'll get to that next week, right before NCAAs. Um but we will maybe talk about how some of these results did impact the way we think about certain events, if that's the case. Uh, so let's start with the 800. Um, on the men's side, I think two two guys that stood out to me that really impressed me to qualify were Colin Ebling and Drayton Carlson, both running extraordinarily well through the rounds to qualify for Eugene. And, uh, and Ben, do you, you know what I'm going to say here, right? You, you just go ahead and say it. 
No, I, I kind of want you to say it. It makes it that much better if you say it. You, you were right. You, you, oh, you, you called so it. Great. Yeah. So great. Yes, I was right. Everyone asking, oh, I've got this sleeper pick. I've got this sleeper pick. I'm like, those are really cute sleeper pick, guys. Adorable. Mine was going to be right since day one. It was absolutely right. Mine was Colin Ebling uh, of Duquesne. Um, his PR on the flash results is incorrect. It was 148 on flash results. It was actually 147 coming into the East Regional Meet. He puts together a great round. He's also in a brutal opening prelim heat too. Races out of that. Um, a really impressive weekend for him. Um, you could even say like he was underrated or that you know he wasn't appreciated enough. But for him to actually deliver and get out of that prelim round, really impressive stuff. Yeah, yeah, I agree. As a whole on the the 800s, especially on the East, there wasn't a whole lot of surprises. I I felt like this went to chalk for the most part on the men's side. Did did you feel the same way? Um, Yeah, for the most part, as I'm kind of pulling that back up again. Yeah, I mean, you kind of go, you kind of go through it, and like, there's not really one name that really like shocks you. Like, oh my right. god, I can't believe that they got in. Yeah, I agree. on the On the women's side, I, I, at least in the East, Aurora Rinda was somebody that we had talked about. I think a little bit last week about being on the fence about putting her in in our predictions. She does qualify, and if she continues to pick up steam like this, we've seen this happen before where someone catches fire late in the season and just runs really well at NCAAs, I, I think she might be one of those candidates where she put together a really good indoor season um, before maybe not running quite as well as we expected at Nationals. Didn't have the outdoor season that we might have expected, but now qualifies for NCAAs and, and could be a little bit more of a factor than we originally thought. Yeah, I mean, she just didn't really give us anything to go off of. And Gavin was the only one brave enough to act. <clears throat> Excuse me. Wow, losing my mind over here. Uh, uh, Gavin was the only one to really pick Aurora Rinda, um, I think, in our predictions. Yeah. But but now Rinda joins like a group of like what feels like 13 million women who are all peaking at the right time and on the championship level. Yeah, because on the west side for the women's 800 we saw some really quick 800s led by christy schofield running 201 for uh, a pb a pr for her um and then we saw like women like valerie tobias josephine erickson running 202 Aaliyah miller 202 I, I mean just so many women running under that 203 mark out, out west carly thomas continues her her strong momentum I think Lauren Ellsworth Barnes um, was probably the only women on the uh, West side that was really a surprise to not make it out. Yeah, um, this one was, I mean, I think Honor Finley um, of Kansas was a little bit of a surprise, but even Mara was smart enough to kind of call her ahead of time and, and kind of recognize that. Josephine Erickson, though, I mean, you know, Schofield, we've been saying like, hey, if she's in the postseason, she's going to peak. Like, don't sleep on her. Yeah. And sure enough, she did exactly that. I mean, to a T. She's done this once, she'll do it again. Josephine Erickson entered this season with a 210 PR. <laughs> she started her season with a 206 mark. And I believe, I, I have to double check this, I believe she came into this meet with a 205 seed. 
Do you understand how insane of a progression that is? Like 210, 206, 205, 202. That's insane. And, and something that you don't see very often, but two women who did not qualify for NCAAs PR'd in, the, in the, this race, which is it's just nuts. Like you never see that happen where people run the race of their life and still don't make it. Alexa Hawkinson of Grand Canyon, Maggie uh, Congdon of NAU, both PR'd. And Hawkinson, like, a, a two, dipping under 204, I think, for the first time and just narrowly missing out. Um, she was certainly someone that I think a lot of us felt good about going through. And, and she did her part, but so many other women did as well. Um, I really liked Alexa Hawkinson. I think a lot of us did. Um, super consistent this year, quietly competitive. And like, if if you had told us coming into this race that she was going to PR with a two hundred three, all of us would have been like, "Oh, she is undoubtedly going to qualify for the national meet, no questions asked." But um, apparently, we don't know what we're talking about, and I, I I'm so bummed because I really liked Hawkinson and I thought she was very deserving to go. Um, but that's just the nature of these meets. Sometimes you just don't really know. Yeah, I agree. Anything else about any of these 800s before we move on to the 15? No, I think the 800s were pretty straightforward. All right. In the 1500s, starting um, on the men's side, in the East, we saw a lot of maybe not favorites, but very strong candidates to qualify, fall out of qualifying position. Um, we had Tom Dodd, uh, Jack Salisbury, Wes Porter, all not qualify um salisbury and porter both had been running extraordinarily well this year i mean and so did dot really um a big surprise to see those guys out um i think the biggest thing from uh the east side of the men's 1500 was seeing uh sie look healthy and look really good and look like a possible ncaa title contender in this event um after not running at secs yeah, SAE didn't really concern me. Um, you and I have been very back and forth on yep. them this entire year, um, which I kind of get and kind of don't. But ultimately, I, I think you kind of look at this and you look at some of the guys who are maybe on the fringe, like Sean Peterson, um, AJ Ernst, you know, guys that's like, it's not crazy to think that they could have qualified right. for the national meet. Um the the one name who we need to talk about as well in terms of surprise qualifiers, Reese Hammond. Nathan Henderson, you know, he was a surprise as well, but he was a sub four miler indoors. He's been pretty strong. He is a surprise, but not nearly as much as Hammond, who really didn't run his 342 PR until recently. And then I think it was like the Princeton Twilight Invite or something like that. And then ran 341 now at the regional meets. That that doesn't happen. I mean, this guy was not supposed to be qualified for the national championships. And now here he is. But that's just one of those examples of things where it's just like, where did these guys come from? And um, I guess they come from the Ivy League is the answer. Yeah. And this was a tale of two different heats on the east side, too. Um, the first one being much, much faster than the second. And so it, it wasn't quite as big of a surprise to see a little bit more uh, – maybe upsets in that second heat. Um, but looking elsewhere uh, on the West side it, it, for the men in this event, Reed Brown and Creighton Carosa falling out, which was, I mean, 
we we've had some inconsistencies that we've seen from Reed Brown before, but I don't think any of us expected him to fall out, and certainly not Carroza, who's been rock solid, has done very well in any kind of tactical races, any kind of quick races. It, it was really stunning to see them both come out. I mean, for me, they were both really strong All-American contenders, and to see them not be at Eugene will open the door to a lot of different people. Man, it's just like Reed Brown, man. Like, I just, I, I wanted to believe in him. Like, this past year, everything that we had seen suggested that, like, okay, this guy, like, has kind of gotten over his postseason woes, right? He, we don't have to worry about him, you know, just making the national meet. It's really basic things that we don't have to worry about anymore. And we should have seen this coming to the Pac-12 championships where he struggles tactically a little bit. Um, he makes like a rare, he hugs that inside rail sometimes and he didn't necessarily capitalize that on the back to 12 championships. And I just thought, all right, you know what? His first off day in like a year, um, he's allowed to have that. Right. Not great timing, but man, I, it, it, this isn't the first time that this happened. And now I just, you know, you never really knew what you were going to get. I think this guy was probably good enough to be a title title winner on the, the right year and mm-hmm. on the right day. Um, but unfortunately, just I don't I just never got there, um, which is a shame because I really liked Reed Brown. I really wanted him to get to that point. He just did. Carroza, I, I mean, I, I was talking to you about this beforehand. This is just a, a bad case of the uh, – that stunk. Let's move on, you know, kind of deal. Yeah, just an off day probably. Um, for the women in the 1500 uh, – out east, we also saw a lot of upsets. Um, we saw Bush, Barnett, Skyring all not qualify. Barnett and Skyring had got tripped up a little bit, um, leading to some stumbles and some falls, which contributed to them not making it out. But, I mean, overall, it was a very quick qualifying round out east. Shannon Flarkart leading the way with 4.10. We saw a lot of women run under 4.14. Um, out east to qualify and run PRs. Um, whereas out west, I it, it seemed like things went pretty chalk. Um, the the contenders all qualified. There really wasn't as much shaking, moving and shaking as there was out east. No, I mean the west was super predictable. Actually, um, like almost too predictable yeah. in some cases. I'm trying to pull up, you know, the the results here. Like I. I'm trying to go through this and I'm trying to figure out, I'm like, who did we, Oh, this, that's why I'm not looking at that correctly. There we go. Yeah. I, I think like one of us was 11 for 12 on this. I, I, in fact, I think a couple of us were, if we weren't, then we were 10 for 12, you know? Yeah. Um, this is like really straightforward in the West and like Melissa Tanaka probably should have seen this coming. She had done something like this beforehand and in terms of like being underrated and being tactical and, you know, having some sneaky, good race savvy, East region was insane. I mean, if you tell me that Barnett and Bush and Skyring are all not going to advance, I'd say like, there's no, there's, there's no way. Like you're lying to me. What, like, what did I miss? You know, was Barnett having her best race? No, but she also stumbled and she lost momentum and that took her out of the race with 250 to go. Skyring would have advanced. She was in great position with a, a lap to go. And then she just hit the deck and it was a tough fall. Bush, I just don't have any idea. I think she just had a, an unlucky scenario in terms of how that race unfolded. 
and it just kind of was what it was. Um, but the fact that we're not going to have Bush, Barnett, or Skyring, I mean, like, I, I think we would have said that, like, Skyring and Barnett probably had maybe, like, outside chances of contending for the title. I, I, don't, I don't know if I would have put them in the favorite category, but I would have thought, hey, on a crazy day, they, they might have been able to sneak in. Do you think after this weekend that De Janeiro becomes one of the best favorites in her respective event? Um, mm, that's a good question. N- no, um, no, I, I think Wayman is still very clearly better. Um, I, I think I still like Tui more relative to the favorites in that field. I think you can make an argument about Lauren Gregory, especially now mm-hmm. with who isn't there anymore. Um, so no, I, I actually think she's probably in the bottom half. Yeah, I, I think this is a very wide open. I think De Janeiro deserves to be the, the the clear favorite after what she did indoors. But I mean, you look around, especially in this East, so many of these women ran extraordinarily well. If they can continue this peak, they're going to be a, a big problem for everybody out West, including De Janeiro. Uh, I'm fascinated to see how this women's 1500 plays out because everybody knows that De Janeiro is going to be there. They're not going to be caught off guard by a big kick like she did at indoors. And I think that could lead to some interesting tactics and some interesting finishes. Yeah. I wonder if someone tries to make it fast Yeah, and not that De Janeiro can't run fast. You know, I think she's run what four Oh nine before. So it's not like she can't run fast, but that might even the playing field a little more because De Janeiro's shiftiness and kick and ability to make surges, um, we've seen more than once, um, and it's it's dangerous. So I, I'd be curious to see how that unfolds. Absolutely. Let's move on to the steeplechase. So coming into this, we both were trying not to lean too heavily on the ACC results in our predictions. And it turns out, I mean, we, we could have maybe leaned in a little bit more at times, but... Um, there were a few people that maybe missed out that that we weren't expecting. I, on the men's side out east, we saw Felix Candy and El Hussein Boutrock not qualify, which was a big surprise. I, I was big on both of those guys, felt really confident about that. I, out east, I really liked what we saw out of uh, the second best EKU steeplechaser. Ahmed Kadri looked really good running, I think it was at 835 to qualify. Um, what were your takeaways on the men's side? Um, out West, I didn't have too many thoughts. Everything looked fairly like I expected it to. The East region was super, I don't, like, I don't want to say predictable, but you're not, like, I'm not looking at any of the 12 names and thinking, oh, I didn't think that they could qualify right. for the national meet, you know? Like, it's pretty chalk. It's pretty straightforward. And, you know, even Ben Gardner, who was a surprise qualifier, he was still peaking at the right time, you know. If you believe that his 8.44 at a last chance meet um, was giving him momentum going into the regional meet, then, yeah, you, you like that. And same thing with Seitzer, the ACC meet. And, and Hubbaker is super underrated, and he's experienced, and he's run super fast before. Like, he's been to the national meet before, I think. I think, I think, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, like, it's it's pretty easy to look at some of these guys. And as as big of, of names as like Brett Gardner and Boutrock and like 
Nathan Mountain and uh, I'm trying to think of who was the other guy that I'm I'm losing here. Oh, Felix Candy. Yeah. You know, as as, as big of the of a name as those guys are, th- it's not like they were so big to the point where I thought, oh, they're unstoppable. Right. So uh, that those are just my thoughts. And, and out west, I mean, this was a a pretty chalk. I I think seeing Riley Ozen not qualify was a little bit of a surprise. Um, but really, other than that, I, I really liked the this top twelve out of the West, and I think a lot of them are going to be very competitive at NCAA's. Um, yeah, I was surprised about Osen, and so I looked around a lot of these names, and I was just like, well, wh- "Who who was he supposed to replace?" Yeah, and I, I didn't know who that was until I saw Garrett Marsing. Garrett Marsing has not been good this year; he just hasn't. If you look at his times, he like I think he was consistently above 850. I think he briefly dipped down below uh, 850 for a little bit, uh, or at least like one race, I think. But it wasn't that far below. And now he runs like a huge seasonal best and all of a sudden puts himself back in there. It's like, it's like whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, we, we knew you had a great history of success, but man, I just, I just didn't expect that to happen. Not with the, you know not with the way that this field was constructed and how he'd been running all season. So kudos to him for shaking off whatever that was, but um, man, that was clutch. Because him at his best is, is one of the best steeplechasers in the country. We just haven't seen that from him. Like you said, Um, on the women's side again, I think this was a pretty chalk. There were a few surprises out East me and Nahum and Lydia Oliver not qualifying. And then out West Anita Konacek, not qualifying someone that we both felt like was an all-american favorite not making it to eugene was quite the surprise yeah and like i watched the race i don't i don't think she fell i i think she just faltered and it's just like what how um just surprising i don't know Uh, i like i thought she was a realistic title threat to wayman on a perfect day granted that the chances of that perfect day happening were not that high yeah um but she at least had proven that she had the talent to contend with her that surprised me uh, in terms of the east region steeplechase here as i'm going to pull up these results real quick um emily cole continued her hot streak from accs looked good said you guys don't have to worry about me collapsing after ACCs. I got this. Yeah, I felt bad. I'm glad she got through. Yeah, she deserved to get through after that ACC performance. I feel really bad for Nahum and Oliver. They're like two of my favorite like runners on the East Coast steeple chasers in general. They're super consistent. I think they're underrated. They bring a lot of good value. Um, I was super bummed. I, I I thought okay, if one doesn't go, then the other certainly will. And I was wrong. They, they both just did not advance. Yeah. yeah. And, and as for the rest, I, I think a lot of us probably predicted about nine or 10 of these women to go through. Um, so fairly predictable on the steeplechase side. Uh, do we want to head to the 5Ks? Let's do it. Whew. So talk about some predictable steeplechases. We saw a lot of unpredictable 5Ks. Starting out west on the men's side, we had Eduardo Herrera, Drew Bosley, Andrew Kent, Charles Hicks, Kieran Lum, and Thomas Pollard all not qualify. There was a little bit of fall that contributed to a little bit of that, 
But you're talking about the Pac-12 5K champion, a 13:25 5K runner, someone who's run what? What was it? 27:40 in the 10K. Like just some unbelievable runners not making it to Eugene out of the West in the 5K. I've never been. I've never wanted to be so. I've never wanted to be wrong about something that we were right about. Does that make sense? Yes. I've never wanted to be so wrong about something. And unfortunately, in this case, we were. And that's three out of the four of us had Drew Bosley not qualifying. And it's an absurd thought when you think about it. And then you look at this result and it's like, what happened? Like, I. I looked at the results. I was like, no, no, no. I did not want to be right about that. The thing with like Lum and Hicks is that like they eventually qualified in the 10K or they had already qualified yeah. in the 10K. That was a bummer. But Bosley, I was like, oh, I didn't want to be right about that. I just didn't. Yeah, it, it was just some weird results. I, I mean, kudos to a lot of like surprise qualifiers like Ryan Ford or Vincent Mari qualifying. But to see some of these guys not make it was just stunning. And, and I mean, you could really see some of these guys coming back from the 10K just didn't quite have their fastball that we all expected. Well, speaking of guys who didn't have their fastball, I mean, Eduardo Herrera didn't yeah. make it. I mean, just in a guy who we had been like, oh, maybe like a Reed Brown turning the corner. Maybe he's got his postseason most behind him. And again, and I think this is, I got to double check. Is this the second year that he's not made it out of the West region? I, I think so. I feel like we've had this talk before. Oh, yeah. Let me, let me pull this up. Yeah. This is the second year where he's not made it out of the West region. That stinks. Like the guy is on paper, talented enough to be a top five finisher, probably even in this year's field. It's really unfortunate. Uh, yeah. I, man, I, I hated I didn't hate this race, but I was this race. This race made me more upset than happy. I'll tell you that. Yeah, and out east, um, there was a few surprise results. Um, nothing crazy. I, I think Barry Keane not qualifying was a little bit of a surprise. Antonio Lopez Segura not qualifying. A few people I know had predicted him, um, but other than that, I mean, everybody kind of qualified that you expected to. Yeah, it's a pretty straightforward race. Um, I, I, other than that, like you said, I, I don't really know what more you could really say about it. I'm, try, I'm trying to look at a few other names, but it, it was kind of like, yeah, I mean, like so, someone had to get left home. And yeah. none of these names were such el- like elite locks that I was like, oh, they're definitely going. It just wasn't like that, especially with Keen doubling back. Yeah, 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 I agree. Uh, on the women's side, out east, we saw NC State put five women through to NCAAs, which was just, I mean, incredible. They were all in the top eight of qualifying, and all five of them, I think, were in the same heat, which is yep. even more incredible um, to put five out of the top seven in one heat. Um, I think this one of the stories of this uh, of this race was Parker Volby continuing to look unbelievably strong, running fifteen twenty nine. Clearly, she is back and will be a, a, certainly a contender at NCAA's. And then I thought another surprise name was Amaris Tanizmo. We talked about her a little bit, um, 
last week and she came through didn't after not having the best regular season peaking at the right time running 1542 to finish second in heat one i this this race was the opposite of the west region men's 5k right this race I mean there's so much there's so much good to feel right here you know like you have the five nc state women all of which coming from the same heat that is so hard to do like it's one thing to split them up, but the same heat to get, and then just you only have to get the two time qualifiers too. That's so I don't want to say lucky, but it's so hard. It's so hard to do. They have all that there to have Parker Volby come back from an injury uh, where she was taken out in the winter. Amaris Tanisima not being at hundred percent, rumored to be a maybe potentially very light injury that she's bounced back from. She has the best race of her season. That entire race was about women's redemptions. You know, Hannah Steelman, mm-hmm. that she was out for you know months and months and months with an injury, comes back, loses a shoe in the 10K, luckily qualifies in the 5K. Sam Bush can't get out of the 1500 meters. I think she's the first woman out, or if not, she's one of the first women out. She comes back and qualifies in the 5K. Um, and there was even, there's someone, oh, Mar- Marley Stoliper. Mm-hmm. I mean, this girl didn't run for like two years. No, not run. She didn't race for two years. And after all these challenges and injuries, she comes back and runs sub-1540. It's it's one of the best feel-good stories of the year. Um, I, I, this, there was just so much to feel good about in this race. Yeah, Fagan's coming back and, and qualifying in the 5K after not in the 10K. And... Someone who just flew under the radar this weekend was Usula Chipkemi, qualifying in the 5K, but also and running a PR and also running in a PR in the 1500 to qualify there as well. An unbelievable weekend for her qualifying in both events. Yeah, I have to talk to Mara and see where she thinks about her in the rankings because that was that was pretty exceptional. So. Lauren Ryan not qualifying was a surprise, and we'll talk about her more in the 10K as well. Um, out West, though, any any big thoughts? There there weren't the same huge storylines like we saw out East. I think Alicia Zarbo was probably the only big, big name to not qualify. Uh, in, in the women's 5K? Yes. Yeah, uh, no, uh, like, you know, straightforward. Did I have some of these names? No, I didn't. But again, it's it's just one of those things where you see them in the top 12 and no one's really shocked. Yeah, I agree. There there wasn't too much to go on in this race. Let's move on to the 10Ks. Um, out East on the men's side, Notre Dame sending four guys to NCAAs. Very impressive result. Um, I think this was a situation where the race got delayed like right before it was supposed to start. I know if like teams had started to warm up and then had to warm up again. So uh, a little bit of uh, maybe indecision there, but a lot of these guys came through in a big way. Um, saw a few surprise results. Um, the guys that made it from Notre Dame might not have been the four guys you would have predicted beforehand. Um, like Danny Kilray, not qualifying. Um, but for the most part, these were the best of the best of the East for this year, and they made it through. Yeah, I, I really like even the Notre Dame guys. Like, it's not surprising that Methner, Car- like, if you went down to like each person, if I put Methner in front of you, yeah, and I said 
Are you surprised if this guy makes it? You'd say no. No. Same thing with Carmody. Same thing with Jacobs. I think Carmody might have been a little bit of a surprise. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I wouldn't have been surprised. I mean, running a PR that's, that's, at at regionals is not that. Yeah, but this is a, no. But he ran what thirteen twenty six on the five yeah, K. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. So, so it was, if not twenty six, it was like twenty seven, twenty eight, right? It was something like it was sub thirteen thirty. And I'm just like, yeah, but he he has the capability to do it. Um, so that's that's my reason. But I take a look at that. It, it, it's like it, individually it's not surprising, but collectively it's like, wow. wow yeah. Holy crap. Exactly. And there was a clear line in the sand between 12 and 13 out east. 28-485 for Gal Curtin being the last one in. Uh, 29-25 was 13th, which is there. It, that front group really broke away in a big way. Um, out west in the 10K, trying to pull up these results right now. I I didn't see a whole lot here. James James Morrow just inching in to beat Thomas Boyden uh, to that last spot. It was good to see him qualify. But there wasn't really a whole lot of surprises here. Um, there was that kind of trip in the middle of the race. Um, but a lot of these guys, when you look at the top, makes sense that they made it on to NCAAs. Yeah, even the guys who I didn't predict, like Bob Liking, I mean, super predictable. I, I just, you just kind of look. I feel bad for Thomas Boyden, by the way. I'm pretty sure he was the first man out of both the 10K yes, and the 5K. I think he was, yep. That stinks. And if he was an older guy, I'd be more upset. But thankfully, he's younger, and he's eventually going to get to the national meet. But that stinks. Um, anyways, but yeah, I, I don't really have much more to say other than that. All right. Um, on the women's side, um, we saw Nicole Fagans and Lauren Ryan both not qualify out east. And then um, Elisa Zarbo not qualifying in the 10K, which is a, a pretty big surprise. But for the most part, again, like we said about the men, this was pretty chalk, pretty much expected. Yeah, the the Fagans Ryan thing irks not irks me, but like that it, that that plays much of a bigger role um, in terms of like how we view this race. Yeah. I can't. I don't think I can call this race chalk if Fagans and Lauren Ryan are. are both I mean, out those of were it. big upsets, but everywhere else felt pretty. And that's familiar. fair. Do you do you feel a little silly saying the other week that Lauren Ryan is the most undermentioned? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that came I, back to bite bite us a little bit. But but here's the thing: I don't think you were wrong, and I don't think you are wrong. I still think that's the truth. But um, it just was really bad timing for that take to come out. Um, but yeah, I, I get that. So. A bad, bad timing, bad visual, but um, I feel bad because Lauren Ryan is like on paper talented enough to like we're we're talking like oh Lauren Ryan could she win the 10k national title and with yeah with Nichols out with Zarbo now out and we'll talk to it talk about it in a second like that's insane like she would have had a realistic shot. I, I truthfully I don't know what happened like this weekend like I, you can understand maybe one off day. But for her not to qualify in either event was just stunning. I, I don't know if something happened in the lead-in, but like she just was not the Lauren Ryan we've seen over the last year. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm rooting for her. I don't know what her eligibility is like, but 
rooting for her there. And the women's 10K out west, though, super predictable except for one. Actually, so predictable that I think two of us had went 11 for 12 in terms of our predictions here. That's how predictable it was. Um, Zarbo, she was the second fastest woman in the country in the 10K, and now she's out. And she's out for the 5K as well. And Ben, now we have Nichols out of the 10K, the NCAA leader in the 10K. We have Zarbo out, the NCAA number two in the 10K. We have Lauren Ryan out. We have Fagans out. Like, I, I, does, does anyone want to win this title? I, I think it was a great year for Lauren Gregory to move up in events because Agreed. it really does not seem like anybody wants to t- lay a claim to this NCAA title. Crazy. It's crazy. I, I don't have anything more else to say because that women's 10K was super predictable. But I, I there, there's a part of me that's like, if I strap on my spikes, can I go win that 10K national title? Because, man, I just feel like no one wants to win it. So, uh, so before we wrap up, did any of the results this this weekend really change who you think are favorites or, or maybe how you see the title race playing out in Eugene? Um, title races, I'm trying to think. No, I think for me, for me, maybe the women's 800 with Schofield running as well as she did. I think she really, in my mind, boosted her credibility as a true title contender running 201 and, and looking really good doing it. Yeah, that's probably what I would say too. I'd say the only other race is like, Maybe maybe not title contender, but the women's fifteen hundred specifically because of the madness that happened out east. Yeah, when you take out Bush and you take out Barnett and you take out Sky Ring, I think that changes the dynamic of the race a little bit. Um, makes it very West heavy. We're just being honest. Um, so yeah, I get the. But I agree with you. I, I'd say probably the women's eight hundred. I'm trying to think. I don't think the men's races really did anything. So for the men's fifteen, who? Behind Garcia Romo, who's the next favorite in your mind? It's it's tough because you want to respect a guy who's the collegiate record holder, but Anas Sae. I'm there. Looks, I'm there. I'm ready. It took so much convincing for you, but yeah, we eventually got you here. I I'm not saying he's going to beat Garcia Romo. I think Garcia Romo is the favorite, but will I be shocked if Sae? surprisingly wins the title in everyone else's eyes. I won't be. I won't. I won't be. I, I, like I said, I just wanted to see him healthy and run well at regionals. And I was, I I was there and he did exactly that. So I'm fully on board. Um, SIE Island. Um, if, if you guys will, if everybody who's already been there will welcome me in. Um, but yeah, outside of those races, I, I didn't see a whole lot. I mean, the 5K, I feel like on the men's side, got a little less deep um, with like Herrera and Bosley and Hicks not being in there. But from a title contention, not not really that much changed. All right, I've got one more question for you. When you're looking through these results, who's the one name, men or women, that you're like, oh, you're my new favorite runner for no reason at all, and I'm going to cheer for you at the National League. Oh, that's a tough question. I need to look at those results. Do you have somebody in mind? I, I think I do. I think it's Josephine Erickson 
Because I think when mm. you come into the season I like with that. a 2-10 PR, does anyone understand a 2-10 PR? Now, listen, it's not like that's like slow. Like, you know, that's very competitive at some levels, like, you know, D2, D3, even certain conferences, like that's, that's competitive. But to then be all of a sudden like in the All-American conversation and run 202 and have the best race of your life and put yourself ahead of an elite group of East region 800 meter runners. Yeah. Josephine Erickson coming, I'm um, sorry, West region 800 meter runners, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, her coming out of nowhere. Um, pretty cool. So I'm going to say her. I I think for me, it, it's someone we've already talked about. I think Ebling for me, like you've, you've, you've talked him up so much. And, and so actually seeing him in the results and doing it, I was like, all right, now now I, I want to see him do well. And, and just to throw somebody else in that 800 mix on the men's side, which is another one where we feel like, does someone want to win this? Like, we're not 100% sure anybody does. That's a good point. Um, and so that could be a little bit more wide open. Um, but that's yeah, I, I like... Okay, perfect. I'm glad. I, have, I usually get, like, one good question every, like, two months or so. So... Um, <laughs> But I like Ebling a lot. Um, it helps that he's a Pittsburgh guy. Family, my family's yeah. from Pittsburgh, and uh, my that, my grandfather or my grandfather went to Duquesne. So go Dukies! Oh, even better. So you have perfect reason, yeah, yeah, to to root and cheer for him. He also raced my brother all throughout high school and the early portions of of college. So um, like, there's been a familiarity with him for a while. He's he's a very smart runner, and he knows exactly what he's doing. So. Um, I, I try to avoid like those bias picks sometimes, but sometimes like someone's just a little too good for you not to say something. Yeah. Because just, because I can't tell you how many times I've heard it's like, well, our team's really fit this year. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I, okay, I've heard that. <laughs> Thanks man. <laughs> like, oh, buckle up for the summer season where we get all those kind of reports coming in every August. Everybody gets into camp saying they're in the best shape of their lives. It's like football training camp where yeah. like the rookie comes in, they're like, my dad will do this all day. He's like, Garrett, Garrett, you see best shape of his life. I'm like, dad, of course. Like, yeah, of course he is. I'm like, already dreading the James Harden comes into camp news for the Sixers and being like, man, he's really got a spring in his step. He looks better than he has <laughs> in five years and we're all going to buy in like suckers. And then it's probably yeah, not going to be the case. Yeah. Uh, I'm not gonna be that mean to James Harden, but yeah, I, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't know if that spring is coming from uh, him or his knees. Is all I'm saying. Like, you know. <laughs> all right, all right. I think I've, I think I've done my time here. Um, leave a five star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Um, ben, uh, we are going to do some other stuff in the works. Yeah, previews, maybe sort of kind of super special secret top mission thing that I'm working on on the side that maybe Ben may or may not be involved with. Um, previews for nationals. Um, and then, of course, we'll do the whole rankings and, uh, and the season awards. We'll do it all. And uh, we've got some great, other great content on the way, transfer news on the way, a lot of transfer news, actually. Like, I'm not looking forward to writing all that. Um but it'll still be a lot. It'll be great. Um, a few good developments there. And uh, that's it. Ben, what else you got? NCAA starts Wednesday, right? I, I'm looking this I up, believe right? so, yes. So, yes, I believe they do. So when we come back next week, we're going to be right 
giving you guys the preview the day before the meet starts. So make sure you guys are tuning in. We will be giving you up-to-date info that you can listen to as you watch prelims. And you can make fun of us if we're wrong or be like, look really smart with all your track friends if you listen to us right before. We we might... I might try to convince Ben to see if we can do it a day early to get that out. Um, there you go. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. So that way you have more time to make fun of us if you really want to. Um, so, Ben, anything else? Nope. That's it. I'm looking forward to NCAAs. But until then, I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you.